you've heard of the notion of emotional intelligence, yeah. uh, which has to do with, you know, your own uh, self-regulation when working with others and then social intelligence, right? Your social, how you deal effectively with others. But neither one of those components uh, covers the, the entire, uh, entire scope of what culture represents. And there is a separate set of intelligence that, that is needed to, to work effectively across different cultures. And so the three, if you were to think about you know, cultural uh, intelligence, it, it, is the, um, it is where emotional, social intelligence kind of intersects. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I am really excited about the conversation that I am going to have today with an amazing HR leader. We are going to be talking about multicultural intelligence. And even though this is a concept that has come across my not only my career, but my work as the founder of this Hacking HR community, it was only last week when we were doing an event that Lauren, uh, my guest today, uh, raised this topic and said, hey, you know, we need to talk about this in the context of diversity, equity, and inclusion, because we don't talk about it enough. It's really important that we uh, continue to uh, move forward the message of how critical it is, not just for HR leaders, but for everybody, but particularly for HR leaders, which is the context of our conversation last week, to develop all the skills around multicultural intelligence. And again, I'm going to have this conversation today with Lauren, who is an experienced HR leader. She's been uh, in the space of HR for a long time, leading HR, organizational development, uh, or operations in HR, coaching across different industries. And I, um, she's very passionate about culture and about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and about, of course, multicultural intelligence. So Lauren, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. I am really excited because we don't talk enough. You know, you were totally right when you raised this, this topic uh, with me for the first time a few weeks ago. You said, you know, we have to talk about this. And I reflected about it and I said, yes, you know, it's not only is it an important topic, but we don't talk about it enough. So uh, let's, let's begin with the foundation here. When we talk about multicultural intelligence, what are we talking about? We're talking about the ability to work effectively with people across different, various groups. And that's really, you know, what it comes down to. Uh, you, you've heard of the notion of emotional intelligence, yeah. uh, which has to do with, you know, your own uh, self-regulation when working with others and then social intelligence, right? Your social, how you deal effectively with others. But neither one of those components uh, covers the, the, entire, uh, the entire scope of what culture represents. And there is a separate set of intelligence that, that is needed to, to work effectively across different cultures. And so the three, if you were to think about you know, cultural uh, intelligence, it, it, is the, um, it is where emotional, social intelligence kind of intersects, yeah. right? That's what cultural intelligence refers to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let, before we actually dig deeper into, into this topic of cultural or multicultural intelligence, I want to ask you, why are you so passionate about this? I mean, why, why is this topic even important to you? I know you're a nature leader and you may say, well, because it's, 
it's part of my job, but I don't think that answers, that would answer this question because I know you are very passionate about this beyond your role as an HR leader. Yes, I, uh, I'm very passionate about this topic because I've had a personal experience with cultural intelligence. You know, I thought I was a, a well-rounded HR professional who had a you know, complete respect for humanity. And I, at the time I was working in a multinational environment. I had been working in that environment for about a good nine, 10 years at that point. And it wasn't until I was completing my master's program that I was um, taking a course on multicultural counseling. Mm. And as a result of that course, we were, you know, in many respects, forced to identify and really understand the nuance of our own cultural identity. And that exercise uh, forced me to A, understand my own culture, which I felt I didn't really have one. I felt I was very culture agnostic just because of the way I was raised. And realized that throughout this process, not only was that, um, you know, agnostic nature or agnostic view that I had a, a representation of, you know, somewhat colorblindness, yeah. but it really made me blind to the biases that exist within the culture that I do identify with. And I didn't understand the nuanced ways in how it was showing up at work, right? Yeah. I would be perplexed so many times, you know, at either, uh, you know, differing views on time orientation, okay? Yeah. Or communicating, communicating effectively, even in Spanish, which is a language that I felt I speak really well. Uh, and so that experience, really, not only did it force me to take a deeper look at what I represent and what culture I represent, but that I had, you know, that I, that, that these biases and these nuances were impairing my ability to be a great leader and to yeah. be a great professional and work truly effectively with, with others. Um, and, and it was a humbling experience. It was a very humbling experience yeah. for me, so much so that it transformed the way I, I show up at work and in my personal life as well. You know, it, it is it is so powerful what you're saying because as you as you speak, um, of course, I reflect about my own life as a Latino man. Um, you know, uh, our culture and we have differences, but our culture, you know, we're very, you know, outgoing and ex generally very extroverted. And you know, I as a Venezuelan, you know, we're very loud and and you know, we like to say everything like if we were screaming. And when I when I started working in very multicultural environments, I realized that some people feel that if, even the way that I, in which I speak, the tone of my voice sounds like if I was yelling and they would tell me like, you, it seems like you're mad. And I'm like, no, that's, I'm not mad. It's just that that's the way we talk. But, but then I realized that for me, that's something that is so natural for others, maybe an extreme behavior of yelling or, you know, seemingly being mad or, and whatnot. So that, that awareness to me has been, uh, you know, really life-changing. And I want to transform this actually into a question for you. You went to your master's degree and you realized, whoa, you know, there are things that I thought were like that and they were not really like that. And my question to you is, how can anyone who is not doing the, that master's degree or who is not taking a multicultural co counseling 
class, how can they uh, perhaps become more aware of either that cultural blindness and how that blindness may affect their judgment uh, in terms of the, the decisions they are making at work? How can, they, how can somebody listening right now say, is there any way that I can ask myself whether I am culturally, culturally blind or not? What, what would you tell them? Sure, I would say you're in a great position now because there are a lot more resources out there that helps you understand you know, what your cultural intelligence uh, is. For example, I, I recently came across uh, the Cultural Intelligence Institute, which has these great assessments to assess uh, any, any hidden biases that you may have and also to assess where in the cultural intelligence index you find yourself. But not only does it help you assess, it helps give you tools and strategies to grow that intelligence um, for yourself. And the, the beautiful part of intelligence is that you can always improve it, right? Yeah. It's not a fixed, it's not a one-off. You can always develop it. And I would say the number one thing is become curious yeah. enough you know, to, to show up uh, kind of like a scientist, right? Like Adam uh, Grant refers to all the time, is, you know, show up with that curiosity to, to learn more and to understand what these nuances, what these differences mean, so that you, when the, time, the next time you're in that context or you're speaking to someone from that particular culture, you know, you can self-manage your biases because you understand cognitively where the biases uh, stem from. And, um, and that begins a whole beautiful discussion and, and exchange with the person, right? Uh, which deepens the level of understanding. And yeah. ultimately as humans, that's what you wanna, you know, get to. Yeah, well, you know, actually this, this last part that you're commenting on is a great segue to another question that I wanted to ask you, which is what, what changes when you develop this cultural or multicultural uh, intelligence? What, is, what becomes different, at, especially at work, that's, which is like pretty much the context that we are trying to uh, you know, keep uh, in mind as we're having this conversation? What becomes different, better uh, in the workplace when hopefully the leaders and everybody else has developed this multicultural intelligence? What gets better is the human experience, mm. right? It, it becomes more, less transactional, more relational. Um, and so that is really where the magic happens. Right? That's where, you know, the magic in interpersonal relationships happen. And, you know, speaking, I can give myself a, as an example. I, you know, I was very... Um, I developed my career in a very Anglo setting right here in the States. And even though the workplace was uh, multicultural, if you were to think of it, it wasn't globally diverse. Mm. And so I had a very linear way of approaching, you know, business and business transactions, right? You, you show up to a meeting, you show up on time and you start on time and you <laughs> everything dotted, everything ready to go. That's not how it works in multicultural environments. Yeah. In the multinational space, right? You have a moment for pleasantries. You have a moment of establishing a connection, uh, you know, human relationship, and then you get into business. And that was a difficult lesson for me to, to learn. And had I, had I not had this, you know, uh, 
this experience uh, that I had through my master's program, I would not have embraced that the way I do today. Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I make space for it actually in the agenda, in the readings, just to allow for those, you know, those differences, those nuances. And, it, and it's important to understand that not every culture is like that, right? Yeah. It depends on your audience. And so you have to adjust. Yeah. Uh, so understanding and doing your homework and, and learning about different cultures is key, not for HR, across the board, yeah. across the board in every single discipline. Yeah, this is this is fascinating because again, I can I can think I can stop thinking about my own Latino, <laughs> you know, roots where you know our meetings. Well, you know, it's seven a.m., but it really starts at seven thirty a.m. Yes. You know, uh, and I'm not saying that everybody's like that. I'm not generalizing, but it's you know, it's pretty much you know a, a well-known uh, sort of behavior that that you know, our culture, you know, we start the meetings a little later than they were supposed to begin. And we like to spend a few minutes being friendly with each other and talking, you know, chit-chatting before yes. getting into the business. And that when I came to the US and I was like, every, like not everybody, but, you know, every meeting here starts like, you know, no later than five minutes after they, you know, they, 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 the start time and everybody goes straight into talking about work. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I feel so strange here. Um, it's so cold, right? It's yeah, so cold. It, it Someone mentioned cold. that to me one day, you know, your meetings, they're so, my gosh, they're so cold. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but they're covering all the points. I got. Yeah. So it's, it's that expectation that you yeah. need to be warm for that. And yeah. again, I, I'm referring to the, to Latin American culture yeah. in this yeah. case. And uh, I'll tell you, just that one little click has helped at least develop deeper relationships yeah. at work. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, the other piece is talking over each other in meetings. That was another one. <laughs> you know, I, I used to think <laughs> that that was just so uh, rude. No, it is just the nature. Right? Yeah. And it's not just at work, at home. Everyone's talking over each other and you're thinking they're arguing. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the way we talk. That's the way we talk. And, and that's the work experience. Imagining the personal, you know, more social experience, it becomes even worse. But but that's yes. uh, or more or you know, you see it more, you know, with more more evidence. But uh, Lauren, this is fascinating, and I want to ask you one last question as we get closer to wrapping up our conversation about multicultural intelligence. If for anybody who is listening to this chat right now, if there was one one action, one thing that you can tell them, begin your journey of developing your multicultural or your cultural intelligence in this, you know, in this first step here, what would that step be? What would that first building block be for them? I would say assess your cultural intelligence, uh, assess where you are, and it'll give you a benchmark. And it will highlight for you, you know, what areas of opportunity you have and what, what strengths you have so that you can use those more often as well. Start there, educate yourself yeah. on, you know, what you need to fill those gaps and measure it often. Yeah. Uh, but show up with intention and curiosity about it, not judgment. This is not about self-judgment. This is about growth. This is about empowering yourself with the right tools to work effectively across different cultures. Love that. Love the idea of assessing yourself with intention and curiosity and not self-judgment. You're just uh, you're just in a journey. You're just in a journey. You're just in a journey. Whatever you are today, you're going to be a little farther ahead tomorrow. And, and I love that. So, Lauren, thank you so much 
for being part of this uh, conversation and, and bringing up this important topic to, to the table and sharing your insights and your own journey with the Extended Hacking HR community. So thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much, Enrique, and thank you for having me and creating another space where we can share this message. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.